and bellying up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. My name is Craig Toth, your host for Minor League News and Brews. Also the co-host with my good friend Chris Lanuti for our regular Bucks in the Basement show. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get one of these out to you guys last week because my six-year-old son decided it was a good idea to come down with a fever that lasted for about four or five days. But it kind of worked itself out because I was hoping to see another Jared Jones start. The feature of this week is going to be pitchers, and that really helped me out on what I was kind of looking at with him. Goes into discussions that myself and Chris have had, uh, I've had with uh, other podcasts. I was just on the 412 Double Play podcast, so go ahead, check that one out. But it's the conversations concerning the ABS system, uh, using that, especially in AAA uh, versus the challenge system where you're getting the calls from umps, but you have so many challenges. If you get them correct, then you know you get to use some more until you run out of them. But... I made a a statement on this most recent episode of Bucks in the Basement came out on Wednesday. Go back and listen to that as well. And it was concerning Rowanzi Contreras' stats for last year. Rowanzi Contreras um, in 2022 had a 379 ERA, a 1.274 whip in 95 innings, and that was in the majors. Did go down to the minors for a little bit. Like I said, a lot of that was had to deal with, you know, maybe a little bit of service time manipulation. Also being able to spread out the rest days. But it is what it is. Obviously, me, a lot of other Pirates fans expected him to come back out and maybe improve, but at least perform as well as he had. Um, because looking back at it, in, in 2021, uh, most of that time spent uh, in Altoona, uh, had a .931 whip in 2022, all in Indianapolis, had the 1.223 whip. So as you can see, walks and hits per innings pitch has not really been an issue for Wanzi. And the big thing they asked him to do this offseason, him and Luis Ortiz, who I am going to get to after Wanzi, is that they asked him uh, to start to work and add in a change up more often. Um, in 2022, he only threw the changeup or what was you know listed as a changeup in Statcast at 2.9 percent. Uh, he threw his fastball about 48.5 percent. The slider, 34.5 percent, uh, and a curveball. Uh, really good three offerings there at 14.1%. But they wanted to see him and Luis Ortiz add to that and mix in a changeup a little bit more. Uh, he did end up throwing about, I think it was around 400 less pitches so far um, in the major leagues this year as compared to last year. Only threw the changeup 3.9% of the time. 
uh, actually through the slider a lot more bump that up by almost 10 percent to 44.3 percent the fastball dropped by over eight percent to 40.2 percent and the curveball dropped uh, around three percent to 11.7 percent uh, the biggest thing for me here is that uh, he lost about a mile per hour on his average fastball coming in an average of 94.3. He didn't pump the heat uh, as much as Luis Ortiz did. Luis Ortiz topping out around like 101. You know, Rowanzi's always been the guy that usually sat um, around like 94 four to like 96 maybe and then topping out around like 97 um, but seeing losing that on there so I went and I started looking for a decent amount of information about people adding um, change-ups to their repertoire and the impact it can have on pretty much you know the general outlay of you know how they pitch and this is from driveline baseball and it says right here i, I just kind of want to quote the article because it, it would just lays it out pretty nicely for everybody is young pitchers who rely on a changeup and throw it often in their bullpen sessions will often change their throwing mechanics to get better sync and velocity separation on their fastball as a result their pitching mechanics become highly linear and their arm speed decreases due to poor use of rotational force. And this loss of velocity creeps into all of their pitches, including their fastball. So talking about that drop in the fastball, drop on the curve. So the big thing for me was wanting to go back and, and start to look at Rowanzi's pitches since he's kind of come back up to AAA. I had been sent down to Pirate City, down in Bradenton, and then, you know, is has been getting some quote-unquote starts, piggybacks, whatever it would be um, up here in Indianapolis, and wanted to see what uh, his change-up usage was. Going back to August 10th, he threw the change-up uh, 22% of the time, and overall, this took... A, this took 1.5 miles per hour off of his fastball, and that's on using this year's average. So, you know, last year's average was a little bit higher, around like, you know, 95.3. This year it was 94.3. So taking a full mile and a half off of that. On August 15th, he threw the change up 11 times, and you saw a 1.7 mile per hour difference in the average velocity of his fastball. 820, he threw it 14% of the time, and you saw that velocity drop by uh, 0.7 miles per hour, 15% on August 26th, and then you saw the drop of over a half a mile per hour on his fastball. 9.6, he threw it 11% of the time, and you saw the 1.4 mile per hour drop. And during his last one, I wanted to look at like every single pitch and see what was coming off of that. And he threw the change up 13% of the time. He was below uh, his fastball average of the, the 43, the, the 90. 
4.3 average. He was down 2.5 miles per hour on the fastball, 2.8 miles per hour on the slider, 1.6 miles per hour on the changeup, and 1.4 miles per hour um, on his curveball. And this is like something that, I mean, everybody's been saying that he's not injured, although he did go, you know, I think he did get like a week off with some, some shoulder soreness. But jumping, you know, kind of right back into it, they still are, you know, throwing this curveball. And they're saying that it's not an effort thing. He still has the ability to throw it. It's more of a mechanical issue. And basically, I, I in two seconds, me, a, a layman, you know, somebody who's not a pitching coach, just found an article and, and saw that basically – that there is, you know, when they try to, you know, work on it in their bullpen sessions, which is something he was doing during the off season, that they throw off their throwing mechanics, that that they, you know, they become highly linear, the arm speed decreases, and they're, you know, trying to throw this pitch a lot different. So for me, like, I, I know that, you know, the big thing is, is that, you know, how can a pitcher live at Major League Baseball? How can a pitcher succeed in Major League Baseball, you know, with just the the fastball and the slider and then maybe the curve, you know, to keep, you know, hitters off balance? Well, I mean, he did throw what was listed as a changeup at 2.9%, and the 1.274 whip is pretty much going to be around a, you know, a middle of the rotation arm. It's definitely an everyday starter in Major League Baseball. I don't know if they were worried that, you know, maybe hitters would catch up to that at some point in time and catch on to it and that he would start to experience less success. But it kind of seems like when you try to throw this type of pitch in, that it can have, you know, a little bit of a, I don't know, just a, 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 poor effect on on pitching and just going to another example somebody else who they said that they wanted to throw the change up more and this one uh, about the amount of throwing the change up is kind of like the amount that uh, Rowanzi has been throwing the change up in the minor leagues uh, because like I said I mean he he didn't he only got the 68 uh, innings in 2023 Rowanzi did 659 era 1.1 a 1.566 whip which is you know just absolutely ridiculous I mean that's not even like a that's not even in your rotation that's not even like the sixth man that's you know somebody who you know ends up getting sent down to the minors like Rowanzi did but I mean they're starting to throw his change up even more and he's seeing drops in velocity um, even below what he had done when he was only throwing the change up slightly more uh, with Luis Ortiz, uh, looking back to 2022, um, and this is in the major leagues, he threw the four-seam fastball 42.9% of the time, threw the slider 37.1% of the time, the sinker was 14.9% uh, of the time, and the changeup 5% of the time. And coming in, like I said, the same thing, coming into this season, he was probably working on that changeup in the bullpen, he has taken the change up from 5% to 14% of the time. His slider in his time in the major league has actually overtaken um, even the, the it took overtook the, the four seam fastball and it's almost, and it overtook his slider. So it basically became, 
you know, <laughs> it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. Like he's throwing a slider, thirty one point eight percent of the time. The sinker is is twenty seven point six percent of the time. Four seam fastball twenty six point two. The aforementioned changeup fourteen percent of the time, and a cutter three percent of the time. So you saw the slider like you know jump over the fastball. He is throwing the sinker a little bit more. But the same thing with him here. Um, in his time in the majors this year, you saw his, his slider has lost over three miles per hour. His sinker has lost around two miles per hour. And his four-seam fastball has lost, you know, up over two miles per hour. And for me, I mean, you look at, like, I know a lot of people, there's been a lot of discussion on on X today. I'll still call it Twitter most of the time, but on X today. Um, about like, you know, what stats do you judge? And, and a lot of it, like people are like, how important is ERA? So you won't see much of a different in the ERA. So 2022, when he was throwing the change up only 5% of the time, he had a 450 ERA. Now this year, throwing at 14% of the time has a 4.66 ERA, not much of a difference. Um, the big difference here is the jump in the whip. And like I said, if you've listened to any of these shows before, you know that whip is something that I look at um, a lot. So whip is going to be this, the thing that I focus on, you know, a ton when, when I'm trying to look to see, you know, basically if a pitcher's putting, you know, if he's walking people, hitting people, you know, giving up hits, putting people on, he's more likely to see his ERA go up. He didn't see it in, you know, the time he pitched 73.1 innings this year. Whip is, you know, almost like a half a point higher um, and only 16 innings, you know, so far this year at the time that I wrote this down and was looking at this. Um, and then the other big thing is that, you know, in 2022, you're not going to see much of a difference in minor league baseball between 2023 and what he did in the minor leagues. Um, he threw 124 innings in 2022, 456 ERA. He threw 50, 56.2 innings um, in 2023, and that's only up to a 461 ERA. But once again, the whip last year when he was throwing, you know, the changeup, not as much. He was relying on the four-seam fastball, the slider, um, and the sinker. It was a 1.142 whip in those 124 innings. This year, a 1.394 whip in the 56.2 innings in the minor leagues. So for me, I mean, we're talking about, you know, losing velocity and the average velocity, and it's it's kind of fairly simple, and maybe it's something they can work on again here to not, you know, make the, the mechanics, like them stray so far away from what they were previously, but it's just talking about introducing this to young pitchers who really didn't throw – um, a change up very often. It may not even been, you know, the the shape or you know the velocity that they were looking for, and and it could really screw up, you know, the rest of the pitching stuff. And with with you know, especially with Rowanzi, they're talking about mechanics being the major issue. <laughs> Moving into what I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, the ABS system, and 
I was very curious as to how, you know, the ABS system has been affecting uh, minor league pitchers. I, I think it was the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Uh, go back and listen to this one. They did a, a pretty deep dive on the ABS system and also, you know, when they still have the ABS system in place, but there's more of that challenge system where you can, you know, the hitter or the pitcher or the catcher can, you know, touch the top of their head and tell them that they would want to have a pitch reviewed. And it's the effect of this ABS system and the, um, I guess it would be the challenge system, for lack of a better terms, on the strikeout rates and the walk rates in minor league baseball. So before we get into, like Jared Jones was the one that I just saw a very stark contrast in stuff. Um, and like I said, I wanted to see that one more start from him. Basically, in AAA, as of the time of this article, in 2022, there was a 9.19K per nine innings pitched rate, strikeout rate. This year in AAA, it has dropped to 902 and when they're using the full ABS system, it goes down below 9 to 8.9 Ks per 9. Now the walk ratio, without the ABS system, any type, the challenge, the full ABS system, last year in 2022, it was a 4.07 base on ball per 9, the walk ratio. This year in 2023, it is 4.87 based based on balls per nine when they're using the full abs it goes the whole way up to 5.2 walks per nine that is you know if you're jumping over a full walk per nine it was kind of crazy to me so i started looking at jared jones and jared jones is a guy I mean, if you looked at the ERA, it, it wouldn't be great um, when he first came up to AAA. It was 4.72 innings through June and July. That accounted for 34.1 innings pitched. Now, for me, like I said before, I always go to the whip. He had what would be like, you know, a, a one or a two um, within a pitching rotation. He has the one point one seven whip and looking at the FIP he had a 3.08 FIP and that's fielder independent pitching so that's everything that he is in control of um so basically saying that he, he was pitching extremely well uh, in those 34.1 innings pitched he had uh, a 41 K's which works out to 10.75 K's per nine he had 10 walks, which works out to 2.62 walks per nine. Now, I'm going to tell you that in seven of his first eight starts, which takes up the majority of that time, is when he had the full-time umps and when he did not basically would have to use the challenge. There was not the full ABS system in place. He has had four games with the full ABS system in place. And the majority of those have taken place in August and September. With his most recent start, not falling under that. 
So that's why I was kind of waiting for that start to see how he pitched. And just to let you know, in August and September, when the majority of his games were called by the ABS system, he has a 5.59 ERA, a 1.57 WHIP, so basically 0.4 points higher. The FIP goes the whole way from 3.08 to 4.74. He does keep the K rate, which what we said was the K rate wasn't affected as much um, by the ABS system, the challenge system, whatever it may be. Uh, at, at most, it went down by like 0.2, um, but in some cases, just like maybe down by like 0.1. He went from 10.75 Ks per nine to 10.70 Ks per nine, so pretty much about equal. His walks, with the majority of those starts coming with the full ABS system, he went from... 10 walks in those 34 innings to 21 walks in 37 innings, which brings his the base on balls per nine up from 2.62 the whole way up to 5.11. So almost completely doubling the base on balls per nine. And the thing for me is like his last start, um, he went, and this one was under the, the challenge system, so not using the full ABS. Um, he gave up four hits in seven innings, did not give up a single run, walked one batter, and he uh, str- struck out four. Now, in one of the games where he did have the, the ABS system in place, he uh, pitched five innings. He gave up eight hits three runs and he did strike out nine but he did have the two walks in one of the the next ones after that in between these two um he is a time when it was just absolutely ridiculous he did have like the 10 strikeouts but he also had the four walks so we're seeing like with the abs system so i mean i know that it's coming and like the other thing i want to touch on with like jared jones when people are talking about like while he why he was struggling um, in August and September. And, and the big thing here, um, again, is that there is him, you know, at times that he was he was playing with pitches. Um, in his start, in his first start in August, he pretty much went like full fastball slider, a little bit of the curve, like 3% of the changeup. During his next start, he went almost half fastball, half slider with 20% of the changeup mixed in. And what we've seen is the changeup usage has stuck above what would have normally been his 3% again. So I, I mean, I know that people want to work this changeup in, but like, I, I'm just seeing that like the times that he throws it more is the times that he has like his worst games. Like he, he threw it 3% of the time, first start in August, then went up to 20%, 9%, 15%, 12%, back down to like around like 7%, 7%. And, you know, had a fairly, you know, not a terrible start, but that one was with the ABS system. And then the next one where he's not throwing the change up that much is when he has a very good start with, with the umps. So for me, like this one is like kind of twofold is seeing the effects of, you know, trying out new pitches, working stuff in. So seeing stuff go up, but then just seeing the, the stark contrast 
of a player that has you know most of his games called with an ump and then you know the rest of it called with the abs system i mean for him i've never seen such a stark contrast of any player where basically like his numbers other than the k's which we said wasn't really affected by that i kind of going off the charts is as far as the whip and the base on balls per nine One thing I wanted to talk to about is I saw uh, Anthony Solomedo. I didn't originally, you know, plan on talking about this, so this one may run a little bit longer. Was Anthony Solomedo's um, innings fatigue, um, and I had mentioned this once again on the four one two double play podcast. Ed Wassel and uh, uh, Michael Castriano, thank you guys so much for having me on. But I brought up Solomedo's inning, innings fatigue in twenty twenty one. In high school, he threw only thirty two point two innings. Um, in his first Major League Baseball season in 2022, he threw 47.2 innings. And this just kind of works out to me is why, I mean, he just went back on the developmental list for the second time this year. His season, you know, may be over with him added to that. We've seen Bubba Chandler add to that as well because I think they kind of sort of have innings caps as to how they want to work these guys up. But for Anthony Solomito, I've, I, I saw a very stark contrast in, you know, after he had kind of gotten worked up and then maybe worn out. Um, in April through July, he threw 87.1 innings. So that would be like his first almost 90 innings pitched uh, in minor league baseball this season. He had a 2.58 ERA, a one. Point one three whip and a 3.11 FIP. He had 101 strikeouts at a rate of 10.41 Ks per nine, a little bit high on the base on balls. He had 31 base on balls at a 3.19 base on ball per nine rate. Now, in August, in 18.2 innings pitched, and I didn't count like the last, like, you know, quote-unquote fairly like a little bit start that he had in September but it was 6.73 ERA in those 18.2 innings a 1.61 whip a 5.47 FIP he had only 14 strikeouts for 6.75 Ks per nine and he had eight walks for 3.86 base on balls per nine and I just kind of want to put this one out here just as a little bit of like anybody that was worried you know that Solomito uh, he started to struggle a little bit for me this is a regular innings fatigue kids only 20 years old Solomito will be back in double a next year hopefully you know building up to a little bit more innings but I mean if you see it like right now like Mitch Keller um, as we talked about Chris and I on the last episode um, is you know the highest he has the you know, highest innings pitcher on the Pirates staff. He's ten, um, or I think within the top ten in Major League Baseball, 
and he may not even get to 200 innings this year. So, I mean, I would not worry about Solomito. Just kind of putting that out there. I definitely, I was hoping to get to Priester. Next week, definitely going to get to Skeens. Hopefully bring in somebody who could give us a little bit of insight onto Skeens' pitch shape, uh, pitch selection that he used at LSU. Something that I'm really looking forward to doing. Was hoping to get that one in there today as well. But, you know, we keep this to around a half an hour and we still have to do some beer reviews. A pitcher of beer, a pitcher of beer, let's order another pitcher of beer. That pitcher of beer should come over here, I love that pitcher of beer. All right, guys, it is October season. These are like some of my favorite beers every year. And I do have a favorite, and no, it is not Samuel Adams' Oktoberfest. It's probably one of the first Oktoberfests um, that I had had, but definitely not my favorite. But I am still going to review it because I'm pretty sure it is one of the first ones I had. Used to be a Icy Light PBR type of guy before I started to get into the craft beer scene a little bit more. Um, but Samuel Adams was probably like the little bit of the step into that. So the Sam Adams Oktoberfest, for one reason, one thing, they don't spell it with the K. They spell it out straight October. Um, coming in at 5.3%, I gave that a 4.00, knock that down to 350. Uh, and the next one is uh, going back up as far along lines of like my favorites. Uh, I have two favorites. This one is not there, but it's definitely one of the good ones. Uh, the Hofbrau House and go down to whatever that is on the other side of the, the South Side. Was it the South Side Works? I believe it is the Hofbrau House. That one coming in at 6.3%. Give that one a 450. Knock that down to 400. Um, if I am going with the the foreign maker one, I am gonna go with the Spotten. If anybody's not had a Spotten Oktoberfest, this thing is delicious. Coming in at 5.9%. Give that one a 475. Knock it down to 425. And my absolute favorite Oktoberfest. Already got a 12 pack of it. Probably gonna get another 12 pack of it for the Steeler game on. Uh, Monday night, this is what I drank for the Steeler game on on Sunday. Did not drink the whole 12-pack, of course, but had gotten it in, in preparation for that. Um, Penn Brewery, Penn Oktoberfest coming in at 5.6%. Uh, give that one the 500, bring that down to 450. And right now, we only have a couple teams going last weekend for the Altoona Curve so go, go Curve we got about another week left of the Indianapolis Indians so go Indians and going to be coming with some Paul Skeens and then obviously after that going to be doing some recaps on each level of the minor leagues I'll talk to you guys next time